Hey, it's Erica. And it's Liana, and this is the Night Guys Podcast. We're here to join you weekly to cover weird and spooky stuff, supernatural, extraterrestrial, cryptid, culty, true crime. I'm drinking new wine that tastes like old wine tonight. I'm it's not drinking good. just straight up old wine. <laughs> 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 it's not good. I was going to open a bottle of wine that I like, but then this one was in the fridge. It's been there for like a week. And I just feel like I have to finish it. Which makes mm. no sense. Well, I bought this wine from Trader Joe's and it's a it's from Mendocino. So I was mm. like, oh, it's like home. So that's like what I do is I go to Trader Joe's and I look for their Trader Joe's reserve wine. Oh, okay. Because usually they, they get pretty decent wine when they get it from Sonoma County or Mendocino or Napa. This is not this is not the case today. That's not good. It tastes not great. Boo. Oh, well. Mine has a anyway. piece of pretzel in it that actually did fall in it. <laughs> and it was on the but bottom. But you didn't dip it in. I didn't. I just guessed. I don't know. It fell in. I don't know. Huh. Now it's floating at the top. It was at the bottom. And now it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's floating up, upwards and onwards. Wine with pretzel chunks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one. So now I'm like hyper aware of it when I drink it. You're just staring at it. Yeah. You see it in a cup. <laughs> Why is that when there's something in a glass, like one thing, and you're like, I don't care about the thing that's in it, like it's not gross, but it's in it, and I don't want to drink it? And why is it when you go to drink it, always just right into the front? Even if it's at the back of the glass, you still go to drink it, and it somehow finds its way. (laughs) I feel like there's like a math or a science problem in that question, but I'm not going to be able to answer it with my level of education. So I will say- Shame! Science. <laughs> it's because That's of science. That's like basic science. I like science. It's like uh, before we do our news, <laughs> we need to thank some people. We are behind in thanking people and we are rude. So we have some people to thank for our iTunes reviews. If you ever want to do an iTunes review on us, you're enjoying it, you want to give us some love, we would appreciate it. So, are you ready with the shame bell? I mean... Shame. Yeah. (laughs) Professional baby holder, thank you. Shame. Weird on the Rocks podcast, thank you. Shame. Drive with us podcast, thank you. Shame. (laughs) Christopher Wilkes, thank you. Shame. Ian 285749520. Thank you. Shame. Shame. Extra shame for you, Ian. You suck. <laughs> we know him. <laughs> yeah, we totally do. That's my brother. Uh, CLO13. Thank you. Shame. Eakers1. Thank you. Shame. And Miami IFL. Thank you. Shame. 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 <laughs> did we thank Steffi? I don't know if we did. Thank you, Steffi. We Steffi. Yay. And also Mustafa 07. Shame. Okay, extra thanks. Okay. Shame. 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 You want to be shamed and thanked at the same time? Shame. Leave us a review. <laughs> you too can have the shame bell added to your name. Wouldn't you really? We're all working towards a knife. If there's like an emptiness in you and you keep trying to fill it by like, you know, a new TV show to binge or like a new, a new slice of pie. <laughs> uh, pie. I love pie. I love apple crumbles, actually. Me too. One. But you still feel empty? You got, like, that new, uh, that raise at work. 
but life still has you down, it's because you've not received a shame bell. Yeah, you got to leave us a review and then you'll get that shame bell and everything will seem better. It's like uh, <laughs> what we're trying to create is like slightly masochistic. <laughs> <laughs> totally is. I didn't even make that connection. Me either. Shit. <laughs> that means a uh, shame on us. <laughs> uh, but it feels so good. Oh, it does. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it does. All right. You got news for me, lady? Mm. I see you pretzel mm. in my glass. I think mm. I don't. Did you eat it? Not yet. It's there. Mm. It's waiting. It's circling like a tiger <laughs> shark in my old wine. <laughs> Okay, okay. This is fun. Okay. All right. For everybody but the person that this is about. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's fun in that it's fun in what he meant to do, but the fact that he died is not fun. <laughs> mm. Oh, no. Man okay. killed by own gun booby trap. Mm. Oh, he was trying to do a home alone? I don't know. We'll find out. It was in oh, Maine, boy. not Florida. Wow. Shocker. Officers found that the home's front door had been fitted with a device that shot a handgun at anyone attempting to open it. Oh. Mm, that guy's been playing too much Fallout because that happens a lot. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've been. Ha- I've had a lot of my limbs blasted off that way. God, I wish I liked that game. It just doesn't work for my mind. I don't mean the new one. The new one sucks. I, just, I haven't played it, and I don't think. What's the latest one? What do you do? What's the, the backdrop? Like, MMO one where like a bunch of people play together. I hate that. I don't, don't want to play like with other people. MMOs. I like playing video games alone. I play video games to escape people, not be closer. I like a. I don't know. It depends. If it, like a World of Warcraft scenario, like a massive multiplayer, like huge yeah. ass one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh-uh. But like Halo, uh-uh. where I got like a team of like a few. I'm okay with that. I'm bad at that, and I kind of got banned from the Mass Effect multiplayer because they said I was mean. <laughs> I talked a lot of shit. What? <laughs> People stopped playing with me. <laughs> what? I talked mad shit on Halo. Th- those sound like you happen to run into some people who are lames. That's mm, dumb. Whatever. I don't even care. Talking shit's like half the game. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know what the Mass Effect crowd's like. Maybe they're a little more emotional. It was not a very popular multiplayer, so there weren't a lot of people to play with. Oh, okay. Like on Halo, if you don't talk shit as a girl on it, you'll just get eaten alive. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to hear like some 13-year-old talk shit about my mom to me. Like that's going to irritate me. The go-to when I played all the time was, oh my god, a girl's playing? Oh my god, I bet she's fat. It's like, a. Why is that a put down and B, I'm not, and C, what the fuck, dude? That's all you got? <laughs> Dumb bitch. I she's fat. I'd always be like, well, okay, fine. Find me. I will own you. And I did. I hate people. I hate people that feel like that they have the, like, they have amazing powers once they have the a wall of the internet to protect them. Yeah, and then they'd be like, oh, shit, you're good. It's like, yeah. Dumb fuck, mm-hmm. come back and I'll kill you again. Even if it's like you kill me, I will pop a sticky grenade on your dumb ass before I die. So you're going down with me. Oh, I love that. That's so satisfying. From the <laughs> grave. <laughs> so good. I love it. <laughs> See you in hell, bitch. <laughs> 
approve. I approve. That's so fun. I love it. And my only thing I love more than that is killing someone who's totally stupid is hurting friends of mine who are on the same team as me. <laughs> I love the love tap right when you take off to go and you hit them in the back of the head and you weaken their shield so they can die at the first fight. <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> See, I can't play. I can't play multiplayers because I do that shit, and then people don't want to play with me anymore. <laughs> yeah, that double teams one. That was fun to do with like one other person. Oh, okay. You could do like capture the flag, then no one cares. I would love to play that with you. That's fun. Really fun. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to your news. He died being home alone. Officers in Van Buren, Maine, were called to reports of a man being shot in the early evening of Thursday. The victim had called 911 and reported he had been hit by a weapon. Um, A dispatch police patrol and accompanying paramedics found the man injured in his home after carrying out an investigation. They found that the front door of the house had been fitted with a device that shot a handgun at anyone attempting to open it. Other devices were also discovered, prompting the officers to call the bomb squad. The Maine State Police and Van Buren Police Department investigators concluded he had been shot as a result of one of his homemade devices. Um, The victim was identified as 65-year-old Ronald... Weasley. Sire? C-Y-R? Sire? I guess. He was taken to hospital, but later died. Setting up homemade security devices using weapons in a home is illegal in the U.S., but several people have been injured or killed doing so in the last few years. I didn't know it was illegal. Well, I didn't know that was illegal. That's so weird. I guess because it affects police and medical oh, personnel. Yeah. If... yeah, you definitely don't want your EMT to be attacked by I don't by know. Something. Yeah. My back's out. I can't move and blah, blah, blah. Or like my house is on fire. Fire department rushes in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, fine. I didn't know that, though. I mean, make, now that I'm, like, thinking it out loud, though, okay. with my... Uh, Don't make me feel dumb. With my... What's that uh. movie? A Brilliant Mind? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying. Rain Man? Yeah. That, too. <laughs> all of them. What's Rain Man say? What's, like, that thing he says all the time? You know, you know, know. Rain Man, what's that thing he say all the time? <laughs> <laughs> what's that thing Rain Man be saying the day? what's he say he's like uh it's like that like tick sentence that he has you know Mm. oh man fucking rain man (laughs) (laughs) great now that's all we're gonna be thinking about what's he say i used to say it as a joke when i was like in high school to my mom well like kmart sucks (laughs) no it's like when he repeats like on rerun like oh shit i don't know damn it uh, I'm looking at him right now. Uh, I'm going to go take a celebration piss. That's a really weird thing to <laughs> that say. was not what I said to my mom. <laughs> I would, but I didn't. I don't think I've ever taken it. I like that, though. I'm going to steal that. When it, like you really got to go and it's like, woo, finally. <laughs> <sighs> the, the relief. Yeah, the relief. that is a celebration. That's a correct word. What is it he says? I don't know. Uh, whatever. I'll have to know. text Some, my mom. Somebody is currently listening to us and like screaming at, at their podcast. It's like a it. Uh, do your news. I'll listen slash look up Rayman quotes. Do your thing. I'm doing that thing. Doing mm. that thing every day. So, have you heard of White Island? No, but I'm it is into a it. privately <laughs> owned New Zealand volcano. Hmm. 
So Dr. Evil lives there. Mmm. Volcano. Yes. <laughs> Secret volcano. Lava. Area. Uh so Underground and it actually layer. just it just erupted because it's always active. So I want you to hear this so you stop researching Rain Man. Okay, I just asked her. We'll see what her response is. It should be great. <laughs> oh no, you asked your mom? Yeah. She's gonna get the she's gonna get it wrong. She always gets quotes wrong. She's like the opposite of Google. She gets quotes wrong <laughs> all the time. And it's so She'll funny. be like <laughs> She'll be like, Oh, you mean the movie where Robin Williams is the lady? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the movie. Oh, hello! Mm -hmm. Oh, hello! (laughs) That'd be kind of fun to have a group dress up as different characters that Robin Williams played. That'd be kind of fun. That would be really fun. I don't know who Mm. I would do. Pan from Hook. Oh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. I can't see a lot of guys wanting to put on tights, so I'd be down. Mm -hmm. What would you pick? I like that. Probably him when he's the bearded crazy guy from Jumanji. Right when he's first, when he's fresh out of the game. Yeah. That's my favorite version. (laughs) When he shaves, I'm like, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, I concur. Why that popped? That's weird. That popped in right up top. Did you ever see the movie Toys that he's in? Dude, that movie is so fucking weird. I never saw it. And I know it. I've seen like snippets on like shows where they talk about it. And that that's movie it. Scares but me. It's so. Disturbing. It's supposed to be really it's, freaky, right? Like I think that's why I've seen it on shows where it's like top fifty, scary, weird, yeah. whatever. It's like it it's makes the it. Worst. I didn't realize it was a horror movie. I remember being little at like the local. It's not like, so much um, a horror movie. Well, vo- movie store, and I remember thinking like always when I was little, like I want to rent this one. It's Robin Williams, and it's and called it Toys. Has, like, it's called Toys. It's not. It's not. Yeah, and I remember being floored when I found out it was, like, not for kids. I'll have to watch it sometime. I wonder if there's a drinking game for that movie. Mm. That's probably the best way. You're going to definitely want to drink through it because you're just going to sit there and go, like, just don't, don't, have you don't seen expect all of it? intense humor from him because it's during the time when he was, like, the height of his comedy. Maker and it's it? not funny. It's, like, awkward funny, mm. sort of, but... If I'm drinking, is it funny in a non-funny way? It's like uncomfortable laughter. Sure. You're like, oh my God, why did that just happen? Oh God, drink some more. Interesting. (laughs) All right. All right. I'm into it. Uh, Anyway, back to the volcano. I don't remember how we got here, but we'll... (laughs) Okay. Moments before one of New Zealand's most active volcanoes erupted on Monday, tourists were seen walking inside of its rim. They experienced Dante's Oh, so you can go up there and like see the... Lava-y goodness well, down there. the privately owned White Island, or Wakari. Wait, they were tourists? So how do you get to be a tourist there? You pay money. Do you know someone, or is it you pay? To go onto this private island. So, like, if we wanted to, we could go really there. I don't want to. You won't want to either after this. <laughs> Before, though, we could have, yeah. in theory. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was, like, Johnny Depp's island. Uh, island. It's a popular destination for day tours and scenic flights, oh, and okay. also Dr. Evil. Mm. Uh, underground layer secret volcano layer it has been dubbed by some tour operators as a quote living breathing geological giant and the world's most accessible Mm. active marine volcano however Mm. five deaths have been confirmed since monday's eruption so today it erupted today 
uh, as we record this. 23 people were rescued, but others are reported missing. And police have said, quote, there is no sign of life on the island. The incident has raised questions over the safety of the White Island tourism industry and the reliability of volcanic warning systems. Here, two experts explain the background of the volcano and its latest eruption. The volcano is located in the Bay of Plenty, about 29 miles uh from the east coast of New Zealand's North Island, so 48 kilometers for those of you not in the United States. So a professor from the University of Auckland uh, said White Island was persistently active in the sense that it has a very active hydrothermal system. Rather Mm. than having lots of eruptions involving magma, she said that this meant it saw periodic ash explosions and had lakes churning over with gases. Yeah, no, I don't want to go there. The spectacular thing about White Island is that there is so much gas coming out of the volcano and lots of minerals crystallizing. So Mm. it sounds pretty, but also super deadly. Mm. That's sad. So there have been six small eruptions in the past eight years, but that on previous occasions there have been no tourists on the island, mostly due to the time or weather conditions. So no one lives there. No. They noted that the ruins of a house could be seen behind a group of people trying to escape from Muddy's eruption, a video shared on on, uh, social media. What do you do? You jump off the island and Mm. swim? I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what do you do? There really wasn't much of warning. I mean, they they said in the weeks leading up to the eruption, the alert level was raised from one, meaning minor volcanic unrest, to two, indicating moderate to heightened volcanic unrest. Even though there was increased activity, there was no oh, sense man, of what was going to happen. So don't go hanging out on a volcano. The island is literally just a volcano. And I'm going to show you a picture of it. It's is it white too, like white sand? No, it's but... not even like it is literally just a volcano with a crater in the oh, center, and it's wow. just the volcano is the island. No way, yeah. Oh. Those people were walking yeah. around the crater, and then it just went bing bang boom. And yeah, there were about 50 visitors were near the volcano when it erupted. I guess the volcano, sad, scary. gnarly. I That's know, sad. but also, I, I can't mean, even imagine. I just... I wouldn't want to get out of the chopper. Uh-uh. No, I'd be cool with a... With a Fly me yeah, over it. Chopper, chopper stuff is cool. Why land? What are you going to really get out of it different from an aerial no view? Idea. That's the best Like, unless view. you're a scientist and you're there to learn, as, like, you know, Joe sure. Schmo okay. from the United States, you're not going to nah, get much out of this. No, thank you're going to you. be like, cool, I have a rock from a volcano. Let's go. Like, let's do like a like champagne sunset flyby. Great. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Actually, that sounds really good. (laughs) Yeah, there you do, babe. (laughs) That's why we're going for our next anniversary. You, me, baby. (laughs) Champagne, white island. (laughs) Cheers. So we're talking about encounter encounters. I'm looking at a thing saying encounters right now. We're we're talking about. (laughs) abductions <laughs> of all kinds apparently uh-huh. <laughs> because because why, why, why would we put something specific on our wheel we like to keep everyone guessing and make our topics very broad and as it turns out in our episode they are also still very broad <laughs> <laughs> all over the place before we get started <sighs> what okay mine are all I'm just going to ruin the surprise right now. Mine are all UFO abduction stories. Hey, that's not a surprise to me. (laughs) I was actually looking, I told you, I was looking at uh, kids that are abducted in like Uh the forests and then they come back out unscathed. But 
for some reason... We do reason, a full episode on that. That shit was hard to find. So I, I'm thinking I need to do... Interesting. ...more in-depth research for just that specifically with you. Okay. But anyway, okay. so I'm doing I'm Aliens and you're doing a mix of everything, right? I'm doing a grab bag. All right. You want to go first? <laughs> Should I do my non-alien first or... Start with Aliens? Yeah. Let's do that. If you have more, then you should do one of yours I have three, first. but I'm going to give some information okay. before we even get started. So really quickly, abductions fall on a scale that I forgot existed. Uh, they're made by UFO researcher J. Allen Hynek. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that too. I so read about this. It's called Hynek scale. And a it's a, classi- it's a classification for UFO sightings, but also includes abductions. So... First, there's just nocturnal lights, which are lights in the sky. Then there are daylight. Hate that phrase. Daylight discs, your other favorite word. (laughs) Don't like this. Which are UFOs seen in the daytime. Double Ds. um, Having an oval shape or discoidal. Ew, Ew. that word is yucky. I don't like it. Ew. Wait. Ew. (laughs) Your new least favorite word. That's so gross. Discoidal. Just stop yourselves from creating words like this. Go to Volcano Island or whatever. White Island. (laughs) Uh, Then there's radar visual, which is where UFO reports that have radar confirmation, and these supposedly try to offer harder evidence that objects are real. Although radar propagation can be propagation can be occasionally discredited due to atmospheric propagation anomalies. Wow, cool use of that word two times in one sentence thank you so So, much then we're talking about close encounters past that Mm. once we go past those visuals we've got close encounters of the first kind which are visual sightings of an unidentified flying object seemingly less than one than 500 feet away that show an appreciable angular extension and considerable detail so that means you can see it it's close to you you can describe it and have somebody draw it or draw it yourself and describe it's a shape and everything about it. Okay. Understood. A close encounter of the second kind is a UFO event in which a physical effect is alleged. And this can be interference in the functioning of a vehicle or electronic device. animal. So like your car stops or like your phone gets all weird or like your radio goes bzzz. Mm-hmm. Um, animals reacting, a physiological effect such as mm-hmm. paralysis or heat and discomfort in the witness. Or some physical traits like impressions in the ground or scorched or otherwise affected vegetation or a chemical trace. Erica hates all of this. She's shaking her head this whole time. I've been talking shit. I just don't like it. You know what I mean? So then there's close encounters of the third kind. (laughs) Gross. In which an animated entity is present. I hate that word. Animated entity? Gross. Animated? What do you mean? (laughs) I don't like unanimated either. I don't like it. Don't use that word before any of it. Uh, Get rid of it. Garbage. These include humanoids, robots, and humans who seem to be occupants or pilots of a UFO. They include robots? Well, maybe there's a robot flying UFO. What, like... R2 is going to pop yeah, on down? or a Dalek, if you like Doctor Who. I do not. Well, I do, so you're dumb. <laughs> Holy shit. I... So there's close encounters of the fourth kind. Yeah, that's the one, Mila. The fourth kind. Jovovich. Where it could have been owls or aliens. (laughs) Or Or both. both. 
owl aliens. <laughs> Why separate them? <laughs> Baby owls, you showed me that picture. They are basically aliens. Mm-mm. Mm, no. Spoopy. Can do. Um, a close encounter of the fourth kind is a UFO event in which a human is abducted by a UFO or its occupants. This type was actually not included in his original close encounter scale, but they added it because obviously they needed to. <laughs> It wasn't just people encountering them in person. They actually went away with them. And then it actually goes up to uh. fifth kind, that in, which is uh, an event that involves direct communication between aliens and humans. And then there's the sixth kind, which is the death of a human or animal associated with the UFO sighting. Oh. And then there's seventh even, which is the creation what? the creation of a human-alien hybrid, either by sexual reproduction or by artificial scientific mm. methods. Yum. <laughs> and I only wanted to... Alexander Skarsgård, we know what you up to. <laughs> He's busy. <laughs> He's at work. <laughs> I only wanted to talk about those because my cases cover uh, the seventh kind. None of those. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what if I just start reading a bio on Alexander Skarsgård for my abduction case? <laughs> Sweden, 19-something-something. <laughs> Whenever he was born. <laughs> I don't know when that was. Me either. Okay, I want to talk about this first guy. This is, he's an officer. He's a police officer. His name was Herbert Shermer. <laughs> Herbert Shermer. Herbert Shermer. Herbert Shermer. So this happened in um, 1967 in December. So this is actually, you know, close to an anniversary, sort of, um, in Nebraska. And I have to send you this link because you need to see the alien that he drew. He drew it. Yes. Oh, God. Just love it, okay? I hate it. No, love it. Mm. Okay. Just so that you know what's going on while I read it. He also had other people draw for him. So there's like an actual cool looking drawing that somebody did. Okay. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read to you the case of... Herbert Shermer. <laughs> so, on December 3rd, 1967, around 2.30 a.m., Police Sergeant Herbert Shermer, who was 22 at the time, noticed some red lights along Highway 63. Thinking that it was a stopped truck, he approached and shone his high beams on it. Soon, he realized it was no truck. <laughs> Instead, it was a disc-shaped object. Ooh, disc, your favorite. <laughs> mm, discoidal. Discoidal. A discoidal-shaped object. <laughs> So gross. Um, it was shiny, <gasps> looked like it was polished aluminum, and had a catwalk that went around it. The red lights, which were blinking. Ooh, I love a good catwalk. <laughs> That's for standing out and drinking your wine or champagne. It's for voguing. <laughs> Come on, girls, vote, vote. As vote. they walk all, all the way around it. the whole yeah. the discoidal shape. <laughs> checking out now. So the red lights, which were blinking, were shining out from windows in the object. Gross. The UFO appeared to be a mere six to eight feet above the road and was hovering in the air with a slight tilt. Then the object began to slowly ascend, making a siren kind of noise and issuing a flame-like display from the underside. Ooh, I know, this guy was... aliens in a theatrics. I know, I was going to say, this <laughs> is like not it. like No normal. wonder there's a catwalk. <laughs> so sticking his head out the window, Sergeant... 
Shermer watched the UFO pass nearly overhead. Then suddenly it shot up and out of sight. He then got out of his police car and with a flashlight in his hand, inspected the surface of the road where the object had hovered so low to the ground. After this, he drove to the police station and wrote in the logbook, saw a flying saucer at the junction of Highway 6 and 63, believe it or not. He was puzzled to notice that it was now 3 a.m., as the sighting seemingly... So we had lost time? Is that what I'm yep, hearing? Yep, as, as the sight seemingly lasted no more than I 10 minutes. I hate that part of alien abduction encounters. I hate it. Um, as the morning wore on, he was suffering a headache, a weird buzzing in his head, and we discovered that he had a red welt on his neck. It was about two inches Ew. long and approximately half an inch wide and was located on the nerve cord below one of his ears. Oh, they implanted him. Mm. A few hours later, his chief uh, would visit the alleged encounter site and would find a small and found a small metallic artifact. Chemical analysis reveals that it was composed of iron and silicon. Investigators from the Condon Project out of the University of Colorado speculated that it was probably ordinary corroded earthly waste. Later, this is the part that I found was interesting. Uh, under hypnosis, Shermer would recall for investigators how humanoid beings between four and a half to five feet tall escorted him from his car and into the ship where their, quote, leader gave him a tour and explained various things about themselves and their mission on Earth. Now, why do that if you're going to wipe him? You know what I mean? Mm. Why? They're just, they just want to see how people react and then they wipe it. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Maybe if the person is like really chill about it, they're like, okay, we won't wipe you. But who knows? Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. So the entities had slightly slanted cat-like eyes that didn't blink, gray white skin and long thin heads. Great. They don't blink. That means you can gouge them out. (laughs) With long (laughs) thin heads with flat noses and slit-like mouths. They wore silver gray uniforms, gloves, and helmets, which had small antenna. I hate that they have uniforms on. (laughs) But it had small antenna. Now they're looking like Oompa Loompas. (laughs) (laughs) Not because they're short, because they're wearing silver pants. That makes me think of the Austin Powers outfits that he and Mm. that they have to wear in the first movie. I like those. Those are cool outfits. (laughs) Maybe it's like those. (laughs) Then they are truly fashionable. (laughs) Then their catwalk is necessary it's all coming together (laughs) um so their helmets had a small antenna on the left side around the ear and at the left breast of each suit they had an emblem emblem of a winged serpent Shermer had the impression that the small antennas were somehow part of their communication process with him that part of their contact with him was mental and part of it was physical i guess a few years back he said i discussed the case with noted ufo brad's ufo author brad steger who was involved with the initial hypnotic regression work with Patrolman Shermer. He recalled, he was describing, well, I'm walking here, well, I'm walking there, and we asked him to make certain sketches and so forth, and then all of a sudden the control seemed to slip away instantly. I guess I couldn't say slip away. It was an abrupt kind of thing, and he began to speak as though he were one of the occupants, and he said he would be, from time to time, returning in one way or another to keep tabs on Herb. So the police officer was describing what the aliens were saying. Gross. Yeah. So I hate it. It's disgusting. I guess Leo Sprinkle had opinions on it. Um, I bet he, Mr. Sprinkle did. (laughs) Yeah, he just said he has no way of knowing whether the claim is true or whether the observer has been programmed to experience such a feeling. Thanks for the obvious, Sprinkle. Yeah, no one knows what's real or not. 
Like, you know, shut up. I guess he does believe that each person is monitored by spiritual guides, but in regards to the UFO contactee, the monitoring process seems to be unusually intense with Herb. Perhaps someday we will learn if the prophecies about good versus evil and predictions of the earth changes are related to this monitoring process. Mm. Mm. So Herbert Sherman. I want to upload this picture of this guy. Of the It's uh interesting that his eyebrows are very spock I know. They're very, very spocky. Mm-hmm. I don't like Ooh. it. That means that I feel like the artist was influenced. Well, this was drawn in the sixties. In the I'm late sixties. Or like yeah, maybe. No, no. You ready for mine? Yes. I enjoyed that. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is one when we had this topic come up on our wheel of spooky. This is one that popped in my brain. Okay. Because it's one I've been intrigued by forever, and I'm sure some people think they've disproven it and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Who knows? It's still weird. You'll probably recognize it once I start talking about it. So, this one's about Zygmunt Adamski. Mm. Um... So I'm just going to read it because I don't want to mess up these details because it, they do a way better job of describing <laughs> it than I will. But we can talk about it as we go. Sure. This is from the Astonishing Legends website, if anyone's interested. <laughs> so 56-year-old Zygmunt seemed to live a fairly normal life. However, that changed on the eve of his niece's wedding when he left the house on routine errands. When he did not return home that evening, his wife was distraught and called the police. Mm -hmm. She was afraid he had been kidnapped. Although why anyone would kidnap a relatively unknown middle-aged minor is (laughs) unknown. Literally a minor. And a search for Zygmunt began. Uh, Not like underage minor. (laughs) I know they said he's 56, but that's kind of confusing when I read it. Mm -hmm. I was Um, like, uh... Sadly (laughs) and strangely, his body was found just five days later on June 11th. 1980 in the town of Todd Morden. If that name sounds a little strange to you, maybe it should. Todd Morden translate roughly to, quote, kill the dead in German. However, it is believed to be an odd coincidence. Okay. But it does beg the question, like, why is there a town named this in West Yorkshire? Yorkshire. No, it's like the Shire. Oh, okay. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I don't know, anyway. Um, Zygmunt's body was discovered on top of a 12-foot pile of coal. Oh. Weird. That's odd. This particular type of coal, it's called anthracite coal. It's hard coal that has the highest energy density and fewest impurities of all the types of coal. Okay. A miner being found on top of a pile of coal may not seem strange, but Zygmunt had no ties to Todd Morden and was roughly 20 miles away from his home. His body was discovered around 3.30 p.m. Okay. by Trevor Parker, the son of the owner of the coal yard where his body was. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I'm curious. As a kid, my parents would get uh, gravel for our driveway delivered, mm-hmm. and it would get delivered, mm-hmm. and it would get dumped in a giant pile, and I would go mm-hmm. and jump and like stand on it and go climb up to the top of it. It would leave footprints. So, yeah. I mean, like, it would leave indentations where my feet were. So, I'm really curious if there were footprints. I don't know. Footprints. I don't know. Ah, uh, investigation. Maybe. Not you. <laughs> police arrived <laughs> Them. on the scene a short while later, and the police constable, Alan Godfrey, examined the body to the best of his ability. 
He wasn't a trained medical professional, but he did his best. Okay. And decided it was likely Zygmunt had died from a heart attack. Although this seemed like a routine cause of death, there were some questions about this scene that even the seasoned uh, Godfrey had. Okay. For example, how was the body made, how was it the body made its way face down on top of the coal pile? Yep. Furthermore, there was no evidence that this person had been roughing it, homeless, or in any way but a normal man. Okay. Although he was dressed smartly in his suit, his shirt was missing, along with his wallet and watch. Weird. Spectacles, testicles, shirt wallet, missing and watch. And watch. <laughs> Some reports claim that it appeared someone had redressed Sigmund, but had done a poor job of it. <laughs> Almost as if they had no idea the right way to tie shoes, use buttons, or fasten pants. Weird. With their creepy little Those alien fingers, they didn't know what them. they were doing. We're like, meh, 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 I don't know. Pants go on head. <laughs> Besides his clothing, there were also strange burn marks around his neck and shoulders, which appeared to be covered in a green, gelatinous substance. Ooh, gelatinous. I like that word. Erica yes. does not. I'm okay with it. Okay. <laughs> gelatinous. <laughs> like a solve, although its origin could not be identified. Huh. Even stranger. Oh. Once it was established that the body was that of Zygmunt's was the time of death. Although he had been missing for five days, Dr. Alan Edwards, a consulting pathologist at the Royal Halifax Infirmary, mm -hmm. concluded that Zygmunt died between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. on June 11th, just mere hours before Trevor Parker discovered him. Gone five days, wasn't dead during those, dead when he was basically found. Hmm. So there's five days of unknown activity while he was missing. <sighs> before he ended atop this coal pile. What's more is he, as the police on the scene had noticed, had not appeared to have been roughing it or under any extreme physical distress. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, according to the coroner, he only had about one day of beard growth, despite being missing for several days. Huh. Okay. Weird. The burn on his neck was also believed to have happened about two days before his death. And as mentioned before, the apparent ointment that had been rubbed on the wound could not be identified. Ultimately, after some debate, it was determined that the cause of death was a heart attack. The strange burn and his strange final days were never addressed or discussed. Questions about Zygmunt's strange death and the circumstance his body was found in began to swirl. Rumors of a potential abduction began to brew. Some believe that this may have been a close encounter of the sixth kind. Ooh. Hey! According to <laughs> Hynek's scale, which Leon is so eloquent, eloquently <laughs> Eloquently. <laughs> the sixth kind is a death of a human or animal associated with UFO sighting. Although some might consider this as more severe of a second kind, um, example of a second kind encounter. Several months later, uh, the Constable Goddard had another strange experience that became tied to Zygmunt's story. On November 28, 1980, Goddard was driving around Todd Morden shortly after 5 a.m. in the morning. He saw what he believed to be a bus and its headlights coming towards him. Mm -hmm. However, as he drove closer, he realized that what he had perceived as a bus was floating roughly Ew. five feet above the ground. Gross. He attempted to radio in the siding, but his car radio and walkie-talkie both failed. Oh, 
Nervous about what he had experienced, he later heard that four policemen in the nearby town of Halifax had reported something similar. This encouraged Goddard to submit his own sighting. Hmm. UFO researchers later heard about the sighting and contacted him, um, who and he believed he had been missing roughly 15 minutes of time. Oh, snaps. Yuck, yuck. He was encouraged <laughs> to undergo hypnosis to see if any memories of that time could be dredged up. A journalist, John Sherard... Watched a video of the hypnosis video and wrote in an edition of the Sunday Mirror published um, Goddard's Strange Words. So he's under hypnosis now. And this is what he says about the 15 minutes of time he was missing. It's disgusting. Tell me. Gross, 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 gross. Quote, they're horrible. Small. (laughs) Sorry. Three to four feet. Ooh, they're five-year-old lads. Really small. Oh, lads. Maybe I should use an accent. Hmm. There are eight of them. No, don't. Just stop. He's touching me. No. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Stop. He's feeling at my clothes. No. Just stop. (laughs) You're bad at this. And you should feel bad. (laughs) I don't feel bad at all. (laughs) They have hands and heads like a lamp. What (laughs) is that? Have hands and heads like a lamp? Wait, Ex- how are their hands like a lamp? Lamp hands. Lamp hands? Are there, is there a picture of lamp hands? What? They have hands and of, heads of like a lamp? anything that I've been wanting to so see it's a picture three of light bulbs that I want to see. Or lamp shades. What do you mean, Goddard? All lamp right, hands? It's like jazz hands, but way less jazzier. Maybe it's like <laughs> when he goes like this, when he opens his hands up, oh, they, they light up? up? Interesting. Lamp hands. (laughs) (laughs) They keep touching me. They're making noises, Joseph. Gross. I know him as Joseph. He has told me not to be frightened. They are robots. They're not human. They're robots. They're his. They're Joseph's robots. There's a bloody dog. It's horrible. The size of a Alstation? What? As As a note, I googled Alsatian. Alsatian? I don't even know how to say this. It appears to be a breed of dog or someone from Alsace. Okay, That's so helpful. you don't know. He said it's a dog. Bloody dog. Mm. Dumbass. Okay, so was there a strange flap in Yorkshire Shire in the 1980s? <laughs> or is this just a very strange missing and then found case? I don't like that they didn't mention Jack Diddley about whether or not there were footsteps or any disturbed coal leading up to his body. I don't think there was. Well, they didn't describe it. So I think in from my... what I remember reading in a different article, it was just like he was perfectly placed there. Hmm. And it's disgusting. Okay. How gross. That's pretty gross. But also what's gross is your pronunciation. Of gross? No. I'm like, it seems <laughs> Yorkshire. Way. I like Shire. I don't want to live in one. <laughs> uh, Guarantee you there are people who have accents who say it both ways. I sent you another article. Don't look at it yet. Don't click on it. Click on it, but don't look at it yet. If I click on it, I'll look at it. No, don't. Okay, you can look at it, but don't scroll yet, okay? Okay. I can't click and not look where I'm clicking. <laughs> you know what I mean. How dare you give me such <laughs> weird rules. <laughs> Obviously, it's another like go drive somewhere, but like don't press the gas pedal. (laughs) 
done with you. <laughs> I'm going to drink more wine so I don't have to hear you anymore. Like, use your blinker always, but never turn. <laughs> I only do car analogies. From Dude, I on. hate it when people do that, when they just leave their blinker on. And I'm like, are you, are you turning? Are you turning? No? No? No, you're not turning. You don't even know. I like it when people have it on when they're going down the freeway and there's no exits and they're yeah. in the fast lane. Yeah, that's my... <laughs> Like, where are you going, buddy? And it's on left, and they're as far left as they can go. Go ahead into oncoming traffic. Oh, wait, no, that's the guardrail. Oh, you want to hit the divider? That's cool. That's cool. Have fun. Okay, so I'm talking about a... Click it. Have you looked at the article? You can look at it now. Okay, let me see. Or at least the guys, the the title of it. (sighs) Oh. Gross. Ch- ch- how do you say that? That's what I was going to ask you. Is it Chichester? 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 Chichester. Chichester. <laughs> we'll just call it that. Chichester. Man opens up about UFO abduction. And I like this one because it has really good pictures. Uh, Don't scroll yet. Don't keep scrolling. I will tell you when you need to scroll because I need okay. to hear your reaction of an image. Don't. It'll be disgusting. It will be, but I don't want you to look at it yet because I know when Fine. you have looked at it. So, early in the morning, February 1996, Colin Despero witnessed an extraordinary phenomena when he claims he was abducted by aliens near Chichester College. <laughs> I do not know how to pronounce that. Um, Making his way home from work as a factory laborer at 6 a.m., Colin cycled by the college when he saw red lights flashing in the college field. It had been an inset day at the college, so he is sure no one was in the building or in the ground. I'm not sure what inset day means. I'm assuming that means no one was there. Um, Shame. I'm sorry. (laughs) Not written by someone in the United States. They're using phrases I don't understand. Stop speaking weird English. (laughs) Old English. Queen's English. There have been several things that Harrison said that I'm like, what do you even mean? What does that mean? (laughs) Oh, by the way, Harrison and Jordan totally wish us a happy anniversary. Oh, And also, they kind of make fun of us for always having Austin Powers references in our stuff. (laughs) I mean, Hannah's going to hate, so... I think Whatever, they appreciate cool. it, but they're Sorry, also you guys don't know as many as us, and it threatens you. Oh, threatened. That's a challenge, guys. <laughs> Austin Powers off. <laughs> challenge. Do you accept? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You'll lose. Just the appropriate response would be, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they've already lost. <laughs> so, the dude man from Shishester... <laughs> I saw four red lights. I thought it might be to vans with their brake lights on. And then I thought, it can't be the van. The shape's too funny. There's nobody there. No stupid, no stupid, stupids. Stupid. Wait, what are you trying to say? I was trying to say no students, nobody, but students and nobody mixed together. (laughs) Into stupids. I like that better. I do, too. See, there are words that we talk about that you don't like, but I make up good ones to make up for it. (laughs) Students is way better than students. (laughs) Um, 
Then he says, then I thought, it can't be. Is that a UFO? I thought perhaps it was some sort of marquee tent they were putting up. I thought I'd try to get close to it, so I proceeded. And then a funny thing happened. My mind went blank. Hmm. I made it to the tennis courts and the college grounds, and then all of a sudden I stopped. I gazed, and there was nothing, so I looked all around me, but there there was definitely something there. He then said an ominous black shape slowly began to make his way toward him. And before I continue reading what he has drawn because i believe these are his drawings and they're actually really good drawings it looks like an upside down flower pot (laughs) does it not from the image the top one yeah telling me the very first picture you can scroll down and look at the the other one that looks like a flashlight or (laughs) it looks like a flashlight but then go further down you'll see he has like different angles of it oh my god it won't let me scroll i'll let you know when it lets me Okay, but it looks like an upside down flower pot. You'll see. He says, I was cycling, but I couldn't seem to get anywhere. I was caught in some sort of energy field. It's very odd. I didn't know if the ship was coming down or I was going up. I had no sense of feeling. That scares me so much. I don't like that either. I was tempted to touch it, but then again, I don't know what I would be touching. I got a feeling I'm going to meet these aliens. Are they human? Are they different? Will I go insane? It was so eerie. I could feel the hairs on the back of my neck stand and I could feel the presence of two beings behind me. Mm. Have you seen the, the the flower pots yet? Flower pot, yeah. It let me scroll to that. Okay. Don't scroll yet. I ne- Don't scroll past that, I mean. Um, I nearly panicked because first because I thought I was going to suffocate. The air around me got so static that I couldn't breathe. The only sound I heard seemed to be my in my brain. Even the craft itself was deadly silent. I don't like that. <laughs> then I heard a sound like a silk bathroom gown whoosh across the dance floor. <laughs> this is such an interesting sentence. Excuse me? I know. I was like, what? <laughs> All right, I'm on board. I know exactly what he means. And then he was—he realizes that he's in complete darkness, and he says, at least I was still on my bicycle. So he got sucked up into the spaceship on his bicycle. With the bike. I said to myself, I hope they don't dump me miles in the country somewhere. That's all I need. He's, like, agitated. <laughs> oh, my God. I like that. I like that. He's all annoyed with him. Pissed off about what time he's going to get home now. Shame. Yes. (laughs) He had read a feature about other recent sightings in the area in the Chichester Observer. (laughs) And Chai Chi. Chai Chi. Cheek. Is it, is it Chi? Like Chick, Chick Chester? Chick Chester. And decided to contact the story's main interviewee, a former Ministry of Defense scientist, Edwards Richards. Ministry for the Defense of Magic or? Mm, Yes. (laughs) He works for the Ministry of Magic. Great. Magic is might. (laughs) Edward had spent a a number of years plotting UFO sightings across the area and advised Colin to speak with the local newspaper. In fear of being ridiculed, he kept his experience to himself for 23 years. Wow. Yeah. With fewer family members and friends still around to mock him, Colin has now decided to share his story. Okay. Now you can scroll down to where he has a picture of the alien. That is so hideous it is the uh, it's a penis head it i don't it looks like he's got a loaf of bread on top of his head i hit my mic i'm so upset <laughs> she like fully knocked her mic over <laughs> i hate his ears yeah those ears make no sense how come aliens have awful chins 
Guys, are they here to study our chins? Is that is that what bothers you the most about this image? I don't like his penile okay. head, but... I don't know. It kind of looks like a loaf of bread. Okay, so his forehead and the top of his head and the back of his head sunflower is like one eyes. giant... Yeah, one giant loaf of bread. He's got sunflower seed, black eyeballs that kind of look like fly eyeballs, mm-hmm. and really tiny nose and mouth, and weird... How would you describe those ears? I don't know. It's like a whole... I would describe them as uh, Navi from Link. But sideways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And by Link, I mean Zelda. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Everybody knows but what you meant. But it's Link's. It's Link's, Buddy. Link's Navi. My brother and I call her Navi. I know it's like short for navigation, but in my head for all those years playing it, it's like Navi. Oh. That's how I hear it. You call her Navi or Navi when we were being really obnoxious with each other. <laughs> I, like I like her. She's cute. Hi, listen. Hey. Uh, he says a few days after the abduction, Colin says he finally came face to face with the aliens who communicated with him telepath- telepathic- how- telepathically. Why was that so hard for me? At, this- <laughs> at his home and told him about the denigration of the human race. And that's it. Mm. So he came to tell us we're screwed and yeah. then bounced. Mm-hmm. Real cool. That's rude. Chinless. Yeah, he's ugly. <laughs> I don't like him. Why don't we talk about your degenerating chin? <laughs> and ears. Those ears are gross. Gross. What else do you got for like me? It. Okay. So since we've already been talking a while, I'll just cut straight to my my other one. Yes. Cut straight. S-crate, cut straight. Huh? <laughs> Crate. <laughs> Crate. Cut straight. Crate. Crate. Um. <laughs> oh no! I oh! <laughs> tried to put out a wall. Shane. There we go. I got this one from <laughs> a list of like twenty five different kind of crazy. F- kidnappings mm. and this one stuck out to me a little different bit different kind of so abduction <laughs> i looked into it a wee bit more this one's not paranormal these are human monsters yeah okay i had never heard of this one this is from ranker's website okay. um this one has some interesting things that came out of it <laughs> It's also, it's just nuts. It's sad. It's nuts, though. This one was in 1933. It was the middle of the Great Depression here in the U.S. of A., meaning a really wealthy family is super going to stick out in a community where everybody is hungry and poor as hell. The Hartz family uh, were... They were one of these people who had a buttload of cash mm. because they owned the Hearts department store, which was huge, I guess, back then. Probably got bought by Sears, which is now going to go away. Uh, wait, they were bought by Sears? No, I, Hearts? No. Oh, <laughs> I was like, how'd you know that? No. Okay, good, girl. <laughs> we'll say they were. Sure, why not? Why not? So, Brooke Hart, um, Brooke's a guy, his captors, Harold and Thurman, or no, wait, Harold Thurman and John Holmes have been targeting him for weeks before they kidnapped him on November 9th, 1933. Hart had recently bought a green Studebaker Roadster to drive his father because his father couldn't drive. So the son um, got him the car and he drove him a ton, I guess, which is sweet. That's nice. They knew that Hart parked the car in a private garage near the department store and after work that day, this is where they approached and abducted him. Hmm. The Hart family was also well-liked in the San Jose community, which is close to Ha, mm-hmm. um, having given generously to local charities, and Brooke was the poster child. His charm, he was very good-looking, only made the alarm at his kidnapping that much more pronounced. So it wasn't just like he was super wealthy, heir 
mm-hmm. he was also really nice and people liked him and he gave a lot of time and money to good causes and so did his family oh so they weren't shitty so he was well liked and known oh one of the more outrageous details of this case is that hart's captors although they sought a ransom zero intention ever of releasing him oh i hate the that. two men signed confessions later detailing what they did to him after taking hart from the car garage they immediately drove him to a san mateo bridge once there they bound him with wire they beat him with a brick and attached <sighs> concrete blocks to his feet then they threw him over the bridge into the low tide river where he struggled to free himself noticing oh. he wasn't dead they shot at him when his body was found later oh. his cause of death was determined as drowning the bullet had not hit him and instead he died slowly Uh, as the river tide rose and the concrete weighed him down so they didn't even (laughs) friggin drown him in something that was deep dude i hope they got the chair that's awful yeah yeah they do not deserve to live i know people have feelings on capital punishment but uh, awful that's that's not something you can make better out of you can't make those people reform (laughs) yeah and again, they had a wanted a ransom like he was alive. They had zero intention of <sighs> giving it back. Awful. Yeah. By the way, they were not purchased by Sears. They were owned by a company called Big Bear, which went under in 2004. Oh, no. I just looked it up. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> I was like, I just talked a lot what of shit this? and said something stupid. I should probably not spread lies. <laughs> no. According to Thurmond and Holmes' confessions, Hart was killed about an hour after they kidnapped him. The Mm. men called in their first ransom demand to the Hart residence at 9.30 p.m., about four hours after he disappeared. At this point, he was probably already dead, thrown off the bridge. Um, Yeah. The men asked for $40,000, which is about $700,000 in today's dollars. Each of the murderers later blamed the other, neither owning up with the scheme they committed. Thurman said Holmes approached him six weeks previous. Holmes said separate that, or Holmes had separated recently from his wife who had taken their two children. Together, they devised the plan. Whoever led the crime, so they both said one was more, of course, involved than the other. Whoever led the crime, there are those who think the murder may have been one driven by jealousy over Hart's fortune and that the ransom was an afterthought. Maybe. After all, the men bought the tools they needed to kill Hart ahead of time and had no apparent plans to hold him anywhere. After their initial demand of the 40K, Thurman and Holmes sent ransom letters from San Francisco, San Jose, and Sacramento asking for the same amount. Multiple locations were used to shake police off their tail. Okay. The kidnappers stipulated for Hart's father, Alexander, to start driving the money LA to L.A., which is insane because his dad couldn't drive. That's why his son got the car to drive his dad. He couldn't drive. These guys sound like idiots. Yeah. A few days later, the family received another call from the kidnappers, and this time they had a trace on the phone. Police caught Thurman in a parking garage. Good. Where he was calling from a payphone. Douche. Uh, several days later, Hart's body was found. A woman, Mrs. Delfina Silvera, came forward with evidence. She claimed to have seen both kidnappers transferring Hart from the Studebaker into another car on the night he was kidnapped it was right outside of her home um uh, at the time she didn't know it was a kidnapping Mm. thus her delay in relaying crucial information but it did confirm that both of those guys were working together and took him together at the same time they were all in Mm -hmm. equally um on november 26 1933 17 days after he vanished his body was found due to the size of the san francisco bay where thurman and Holmes said they pushed heart into the water attempts to drag 
the water for a body had been fruitless because it's so big. They couldn't find it. In the end, two duck hunters discovered his super decomposed body. It was crabby in poor shape, but there were some markers to identify him, like bits of a shirt he wore. Oh, sad. Yeah. So once his body was found, the public was outraged, super mad, demanded severe punishment. Yep. The men had been in jail a while when the hunters discovered the body and people were getting impatient. They wanted the, t- um, because the two men's confessions did not corroborate each other, the media laid out the possibility that they um, would be impermissible in court. This meant the men had a chance to get a milder punishment than death. Oh. Peeps were mad. On November 22nd, a mob stormed the jail <gasps> where they were being held, grabbed the men from their cells, took them to St. James Park. Reports of the exact number of people who participated <gasps> in the lynching vary. <gasps> Holy shit. Some reports counted 4,000 people in attendance. Others said 6 to 10,000. Wait, when did this happen? 33. Oh, damn. The justice-seeking vigilantes overwhelmed the local police. (laughs) Those involved were so violent, they broke Holmes' arm, uh, both arms, sorry, when he tried to get the rope off his neck. This is cited as probably the last lynching ever performed in California. Holy crap. Yeah. Oh. That's why when I was reading, like, 25 insane abductions and kidnappings, and it was like, this one's the last one that was a public lynching. And I was like, wait, what? I need to read more about this. This is insane. The governor of California at the time, James Rolfe, refused to call in the National Guard to protect the murderers. The jail (laughs) sheriff asked Rolfe for help when the word reached him a lynching mob was forming. Rolfe claimed that he claimed that had he intervened, innocent people would have been hurt or killed in order to protect a couple of fiends. He's His words, fiends. Mm. After the lynching, Rolf praised the work of the mod, saying the kidnap- kidnappers had it coming. Out of 192 telegrams received by the governor the next day, only 33 mentioned negative uh, comments towards the in- incident. <laughs> so people were pleased with how it ended. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. During the search for Hart, his wallet was found on the railing of a tanker ship. The authorities oh. immediately suspected someone of the SS Lure Line, a passenger liner that was docked next to the tanker in San Francisco while fueling. When the boat arrived in Los Angeles, every person on board was detained and questioned while authorities searched the ship for any trace of Hart or his abductors. The search was fruitless. Jeez. That's weird. Why was his wallet found on I bet it washed up and mm-hmm. somebody had it somebody and it was like we were taking it there money. was they took the money and left it that's my guess mm-hmm. i don't know yeah so Damn. this inspired some movies that were <laughs> ranging from 1950 to 2006 what there's some movies that are on it um Holmes and Thurman were lynched in two separate trees. Holmes died on the branch of an elm tree, and Thurman died in a nearby mulberry. <laughs> People took pieces of the trees as souvenirs to mark the occasion once the men's bodies were removed. Both trees were later professionally removed due to the damage inflicted. Huh. Shortly after Hart disappeared, a resident of Santa Clara radio technician Oscar Ralph shot his father, Jacob, to death before killing himself. The two had been arguing about the case. Um, wow. This case. More than, uh, oh <laughs> more specifically, God. Ralph had come on to his parents that he believed he bore a resemblance to the handsome missing heart boy. His parents disagreed, and Ralph went and got his gun. What? <laughs> so what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> so this happening yeah. caused other deaths and things oh, too. Oh <laughs> my God. I was like, what? Why? Yeah, the- there was like collateral damage. No, because he thought he looked like him. He was like, I could have been an heir to the heart fortune. 
I look just like him. I have a strong chin. <laughs> no, you don't. Weak chin. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> That's me shooting people. Damn. <laughs> so, yeah. That's crazy. Cr- what the fuck? <laughs> so insane. That's what I said. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Wow, last California lynching. Cool. Mm-hmm. Public, like, Public, like, mob lynching. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to cool. lighten, I'm going to lighten things up. Okay? Do it. You're going to actually enjoy this one, I think. <laughs> so, this is a story about Peter Corey. We're back to aliens. Sorry, everybody. Mm. No, you're going to like it. Or not. I don't know. But it's going to make you laugh. At least it made me laugh. I don't know. (laughs) So, Peter Corey. I'm just going to read this because, again, details. I'll get them wrong. He was a Lebanese expatriate to Australia and had an extraordinary encounter of the third kind. Actually, I'm going to put it at the seventh kind. They did not... They just said of the third kind simply because of the movie. They don't know what they're talking about. I was going to say they were movie referencing. (sighs) Whatever. Probably just because that guy's little list ended at the third kind. So they're like, maybe they don't count the extensions of Hynek's scale. Whatever. Um, Anyway, so extraordinary encounters. I'm going to put it the seventh kind that neither his wife nor he would soon forget. He was born in Lebanon in 1964 and then he moved to Australia in 1973 where he eventually met his wife, Vivian. Married in 1990, he and his wife uh, lived in Sydney and have two children. However, um, this is his own story. He wrote this. These are his words. Okay. On the 12th of July, 1988, I had an experience that, which changed my life. While lying on my bed, I felt something grab my ankles. Okay. As I felt this, a strange numbness, tingling, and churning sensation crawled up through my body and right up to my head. I was paralyzed. I could not move any part of my body, but for the exception of my eyes, which I could move open or close. My brain was functioning, but I could not do anything physically. I tried to call out to my family members, but I could not force the words out. At this stage, I started to panic, thinking I would not walk again. I thought I was truly paralyzed. Which, if that's all you felt and all you paid attention to, of course, that would be really terrifying. But then all of a sudden, I looked to my right side, and I could see three or four figures wearing dark robes with hoods on their heads. Yuck. (laughs) Their faces were very wrinkled and shiny black in color. They were only about three to four feet in height. It was then that that communication was made to let... Oh, my God. Telepathically. I want to read it. (laughs) I hate it when I... Incorrectly hear a word in my head and then just read it, and then you're like, No, because no, it's already escaped my right. mouth, and I'm like, No, yeah, go back. <laughs> I do that all the time, it's so annoying. It's like, I know this word, yeah. this is stupid. Telepathically, I just want to say telepathy, but then my word's like, No, hey, at least that's also a word. It is also a word. Uh, there was no sound made, yet I could hear the message in my mind. I was told not to worry and that I would not be harmed and to relax. (laughs) As I moved my eyes and looked to the left side, I noticed two beings who looked so different from the others. This is the part, Erica. These two were thin, tall, with big black eyes and a narrow chin. They were gold yellow in color. Gold yellow. The one closest to my head communicated with me 
telepathically, (laughs) telling me not to worry. It would be like the last time. Ew. (laughs) He looked at me with those big black eyes and I could feel the emotion through them. It was the eyes that expressed his feelings. Aliens just don't believe in consent at all. I know. I feel like they don't even ask. There's tons of people who would consent. Just ask. Just ask those people. And if they say no, wipe them. Find someone who does. You will. Yeah. Don't just be like, you're going to consent, okay? And the person's like, I can't even move or talk. So I guess I consent (laughs) because I can't tell you no. (sighs) Um, It was the eyes that expressed these feelings. You could see the smile in the eyes. It was at this stage that I noticed a long, needle-like, flexible crystal tube. The being then pointed the needle to the top of I the... I hate that it's flexible. I hate that it's a tube. I know. Carry on. <laughs> the being then pointed the needle to the top left side of my head and inserted it. He put the needle in his head. Needle tube. It was then that I blanked out. The next thing I remember, I was conscious. I jumped out of bed like a flash. I walked into the TV room where my dad and brother were. Dad and brother? Hmm. I guess they all live together. Uh, I noticed they were asleep. I woke my brother up. He looked dazed and lost. As he put it, he felt switched off. I asked him how long it had been since I went into my room. He replied, about 10 minutes, which was how long I thought it had been. When I left the TV room, a film was just starting Yet, as I had spoke to my brother, we realized that the TV station was closed and at least one to two hours had passed by. So I think this was at the time where the TV, remember, like it would just shut off and turn into static because at midnight or whatever, it would turn off. No more public access. Oh, so he was living with his dad and brother before he got married. So the next day I spoke to my fiance, Vivian. I explained to her what had happened throughout the night or through the night. As I touched the spot where the needle was inserted, I discovered some dried blood under my fingernail. Vivian took a closer look and dosed a puncture hole and blood. I went to my family doctor and asked for a checkup. The doctor spotted the puncture mark instantly and commented that I must have hit my head on a nail at work. When I tried to explain what had happened, I was laughed at. Well, fucking obviously, dude. It was frustrating to experience something so bizarre, so strange, yet so real. And then he's asking, like, what would you do if you became a victim of these circumstances? Then in 92, he had another experience. So that was his first one. Not even. The other guy said. Well, that was his first that he remembers. Yuck. In the morning of July 23rd, 1992, he was suddenly awakened to the sight of two naked, very human-looking females sitting on his bed. This is where it goes in the seventh. So the first kind was, I guess, the third kind or whatever kind fourth fourth kind so one of the women looked asiatic while the other looked scandinavian Corey explained they looked physically perfect and very exotic whatever physically perfect may be everybody has their own man don't say that yeah i know they never got married (laughs) they ended up having kids dude and got divorced probably He also alleges that the eyes of the women looked unnatural and that they were bigger than a human's eyes. I'm thinking of that shitty uh, Alita movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, damn. Battle that looks Angel. so bad. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I haven't seen it. Even either. though it's got What's-His-Face in it. I really like him. And people seem to like it. I just no, I don't know. No. I can't get past it. I can't either. It's too weird it, looking. It looks stupid. Mm-hmm. It looks cheesy. Fight me. I think it looks dumb. Anybody that said it was good? We're going to say you're wrong. (laughs) Battle angel fight me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is where the seventh, the seventh kind comes in. 
Oh, the women, the naked ladies. Yes, the women forced themselves on Corey. He resisted. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. And even attempted to bite one of them. Uh-huh. His resistance caused what Corey describes as confusion or shock. The women promptly vanished. He then alleges that he went to the bathroom and attempted to urinate. It was at this point that he experienced tremendous pain in his penis. When he, oh God, I didn't realize it went so detailed. Um, when he when was he when he was investigating his man bits, he discovered a blonde hair. Oh God! <laughs> One of the women was blonde, while the other had black hair, and this blonde hair was wrapped tightly around his penis apparently (laughs) he did he did the area of his penis where the hairs were were wound was burning intensely so they gave him like shame alien vd secrets their hair (laughs) he did manage to unravel them and had the presence of mind to save the two blonde hairs in a plastic bag (laughs) These pieces of hair were actual physical evidence of an alien encounter. Uh, He had presented to ufologist and alien abductee investigator Bill Chalker the first case of collected evidence of an alien abduction experience. DNA was recovered from the hair samples. I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but I'll try. A polymerase chain reaction process was done on the sample yielding a good result. For comparisons, the hair hair was taken from the Corey household members. So, like... You know, to compare his whatever. Dad and brother? Uh, no, he was living with his wife at that point. Oh, okay. He was married. It was two years, four years later. So the thin blonde hair, which appeared to have come from a light-skinned Caucasian type woman, could not have come from a normal human of that racial type. Instead, though human, the hair showed five distinctive DNA markers that are characteristic of a rare subgroup of the Chinese mongoloid racial type. A detailed survey of the literature on variations of mitochondrial DNA comprising tens of thousands of samples showed only four other people on record with all five of the distinctive markers in the blonde hair. All four were Chinese with black hair. The findings suggest that all four of the Chinese subjects share a common female ancestor with the blonde woman, but there is no easy explanation for how this could be. So mm-hmm. there have been books about this guy called, there's this one called Hair of the Alien. <laughs> Dumb. Shit. <laughs> Dumb. Anyway, he got, he got boned by That's an alien insane. and had hair, alien hair wrapped around his dong. That gave him Bernie feelings. The fact that it burned him was so weird to me. I don't know about any of this. <laughs> Ew. So his his dong was abducted. <laughs> his dog dong had a encounter the seventh guy. <laughs> uh, so that's that's yeah. what I got. That's great. <laughs> I don't even know. I have to process that. I'll talk about that on Patreon. <laughs> Give me a couple of days. Thursday, I'll be able to talk about that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, reading that, I was like, no, this can't be real. I have to share this. It's too much. I just liked that there was actually physical evidence and that it was a very rare DNA yeah, type. that's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Do you have any more? No. I will so, say, though. No, well, go ahead. No, go ahead. no. I was going to say, I'm excited to see what we're talking about next week. 
Because this is insane. Did you add those new things that I told you to add? I did. I added new stuff and got rid of old stuff. Okay, cool. So that was abductions of (laughs) several kinds. (laughs) Of all kinds. (laughs) That's our episode title. (laughs) Let's find out what we're doing next week. Play that ditty. What do we got? This is what we have. Oh, no. What is it? I don't think we specifically talked about this. We just have the, again, very broad term of the occult. (laughs) (laughs) We are so so stupid. Uh, Okay. We should just, like, focus on two little aspects so that... No. (laughs) Like, a small portion of it so that we can save more for another time. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we'll ask people on Instagram, see if anyone answers. And if you guys don't, Twitter Twitter and whatnot. And um, if we don't get suggestions, then you guys can't be mad at what we suggest for ourselves. (laughs) Because I guarantee you it'll be, it'll be worse. It'll be not what you expect. (laughs) Or it might be. Or what we expect. Uh, Certainly, I was not expecting one of the seventh (laughs) kind tonight, so... (laughs) So gross. Okay, cool. So the occult. Mm-hmm. God, we're so dumb. Why we... <laughs> no, let's like talk about the occult. Oh, let's just talk about the occult. <laughs> you know, like a little teeny tiny topic. <laughs> Only take an hour, right? We'll talk about like spells and shit. <laughs> shit. Okay, cool. Well, uh, <laughs> join us next week. Uh, when we talk about the occult, unless you're one of our Patreon members, and then you can listen to whatever the hell we talk about on Thursday. You can hear me unpack my trauma from the honest <laughs> encounter of the seventh kind. <laughs> so very gross. <laughs> it's got some stories. Things happen to that guy. Yeah. Mm. He's got a very understanding mm. wife, I feel. No kidding. Sean came to me and was like, there's like this weird blonde hair that's strangling my dong. I'd be like, go to the hospital by yourself. (laughs) I'm not helping you. Call me in the morning. I'm mad at you. Maybe I'll answer. (laughs) Hope your dong doesn't fall off. (laughs) Oh, it's burning? What a bummer. (laughs) Just kidding. I'll help you, I guess. (laughs) Such a weird topic. Okay, cool. You call next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever that may be. Join us on um, Twitter or Instagram. I don't really check Facebook, but, you know, we'll put it there, too. Mm-hmm. If you have any opinions on what we should be focusing on, we would love to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah. <laughs> or if you have opinions on any of oh, us, yeah. call our number. Oh, Text us. Yeah. 707-200-3898. And if you don't want to remember that, on our Instagram, it says on our main page how to contact us. It's a button to press. Yeah. It's an active button. It's there. Just contact us. Leave us a message. We won't pick up. Yep. So you or text. That too. <laughs> do it. 
Cool. Well, this is the Night Guys podcast. I'm Liana. I'm Erica. Okay, bye. Ooh. <laughs>